It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome again. Matt Hausman. Hopefully you are out there getting ready to enjoy what appears to be at least up here, things really opening up. We're into June now. We've got we're past Memorial Day, so I guess that's you know what I learned when I moved from Florida up to the Northeast is that's like the official kickoff of summer. So, um, man, I can't believe we're already we're already here in June. And and you know with that and thinking about summer and vacations and we're getting ready to head out for a little while. Actually, head down to Florida is. Uh, you know, I read this article the other day, and, and here's something, you know, just think about this, is that gas prices are at the highest now that they have been since seven years ago. And as we head into, you know, this is normally the time of year, even when gas prices are good, that, you know, gas prices because of demand start to go up. And when we think about where they are right now, is that going to affect your ideal vacation, traveling, what have you, is it going to calm it down? Does it really matter? Are you still going to do it? You know, some of the people I've talked to, they're still going to do it because of what we've all dealt with over the course of the last year, year and a half. Well, what is it? 15 months. So think about that. Highest they've been in seven years and how is that potentially going to affect you? Okay. So listen, what I want to jump into today, you, you know, I'd like to use this format as a way to kind of go over uh, the different things that are happening in our office, dealing with clients, calls we get, uh, emails we get, all of that. And I just sat down with somebody last week, and long story short, it's throughout the last 15 months with this whole pandemic, is their situation at work has progressively gotten worse. Many things happening at the company that uh, that he is working for, and it just kind of came to a head, I, I guess, the first time I got on the phone with them when they described the desire to get out early is, um, was probably about three months ago. And I just sat with them last week. And so the, the goal now is we are retiring in 60 days. And what are the steps that we need to go through to make sure that that transition is as seamless as possible. So I'm going to go over the different things that I talk to them about that's so critical in understanding where your money is going to come from. Do I turn on Social Security? What about health care? Is there going to be a severance? What have you? And, and understanding taxes, where we're taking the money from, what does that look like? And kind of the process that we went through and the different things that they, they left, they had some homework. I left, I had some homework. But I think it's really important because, and you know, even if this is the situation where they're going to be going into retirement, the goal is, I'm okay, paycheck stop, I'm, I don't want to work anymore. But what happens if you're, you know, I don't know, you're 40, you're 50, what have you, and all of a sudden now there's, you don't like where you're working and there's a change in jobs and what's that going to look like and understanding the different things you need to be looking. And actually, now that I think about it, I sat with somebody yesterday who is came to me about the same thing. There was an inheritance. And, you know, I'm thinking now, you know, I, I still got, I, I think it's three years, couple years until I'm Medicare eligible, but I don't want to keep doing what I'm doing. What's the best thing with this inheritance that I got? Where, where can I make the most 
sound decisions to accomplish what it is that I want to accomplish. Um, and I think it's so critical that when we sit down, a lot of times, you know, we can, we can make emotional, rash decisions. But I, in this case, you know, there has been a couple of months to be able to plan for this. And I think if you'll take the time to look at that, even when you come home one day and it was just not a good day at work, is if you're contemplating making a change in jobs or, you know, working to retirement, what have you, Make sure you go through the process of really looking, okay, I, I need to look at this, 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 and this. So I, that's what I'm going to talk about today. I want to go through just the, the meeting that I had with them, the, you know, the first conversation I had with them, like I said, a couple months back, the meeting that we had last week, the different things that I suggested that this is one of the things you're gonna, we're going to need to do. We're going to go down this step, step-by-step process to make sure that that transition is going to be, like I said, as seamless as possible. But listen, before we do that, let's make sure we deal with a disclaimer. Please don't take any of the information or ideas or suggestions that I offer in today's show as direct advice for you. Please use it as information and education that you then can discuss with your advisor. Now, if you don't have an advisor or you would like for us to be your advisor, I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you. And it's real simple. All you have to do is go to www.speakwithmatt.com. That's www.speakwithmatt.com. And my online scheduler is right there. You can go right in. You can schedule a 15 or 30 minute phone conversation. And quite frankly, at the end of that first call, we're going to have a good idea. Does it make sense to have a second conversation. So again, very low key, go right into the online scheduler. You don't even have to get on the phone with anyone to schedule this. So again, speakwithmatt.com, www.speakwithmatt.com and schedule it there. So, all right, let's go ahead and get on to today's show. Okay, so here we go. Again, the scenario is I'm going to retire in 60 days. What are the steps I need to take to make sure that transition is going to be as seamless as possible. A couple things to consider. First thing I will always talk about, it doesn't matter if you're you know younger looking to change jobs or if you're pre-65 or Medicare eligible, what is the healthcare going to look like? So in this particular case, he's not Medicare eligible yet. Um, he's going to end up going on COBRA. She is Medicare eligible, actually was Medicare eligible last year, but she has stayed on his healthcare plan. Now, now that he's going on COBRA, it doesn't make sense for her to stay on his plan. It makes more sense for her to go on Medicare. So we do the planning. What's going to be the cost of COBRA between that retirement date and when he will be Medicare eligible, which will be sometime next year? But she's going to need to go on Medicare effective in, in 60 days when she's coming off of his plan. What needs to happen? Well, she has to be able to prove credible coverage to Medicare to make sure because she was eligible last year and she elected not to take it. Now, she automatically goes on A, but she didn't elect Part B, which has to do with the service providers and the services that you're going to end up having. Like, going to the doctor, getting an MRI, those type of things. That's what Part B is about. But see, because she didn't elect it last year, if she didn't have credible coverage, now she would pay a penalty, not just to get in, but forever. So we have to take care of that. That's what's called credible coverage. 
So she, he's going to have to get that for her to then be able to go to Medicare and say, I'm ready now to take Part B and I don't have to pay a penalty because I've had coverage since then. The other thing we want to look at in her case is all aspects of Medicare. We've got Part B, which is the service and service providers. We've got Part D, which is for drugs. What do we need to do there? Same thing there. We need to have credible coverage to make sure we're not paying a penalty for Part D. Okay. Then we have to, because we're doing traditional Medicare, we also have to be looking at she's going to need a supplement or a Medigap policy. Why? Because Part B doesn't pay for everything. So we're going to have to have an insurance program that's going to help cover the different costs that Medicare Part B does not cover. And one of the things is we can't do that. We can go ahead and quote it out and look what, you know, look at what the cost is going to be, but we can't elect the plan and apply until we have her effective date of Part B. So part of what they're doing right now is they're having to come up with and go to HR, and by the way, you know, HR should be very familiar with this, and that is a credible coverage certificate or some information that you can provide to Medicare to show, yes, I've been covered, so there is no penalty. But healthcare is so important. He's going to be on COBRA. Just to let you know what that means, it's going to be the exact same plan that he has right now. He's just going to pay full boat for it, plus he's going to have to pay an administration cost. You know, So if you're, let, let's actually look at it, you're 40 and you're going to go ahead and you're going to make a change in jobs, or you're just going to walk out, is what's going to be your health care plan? Well, if you don't have, you do have the ability to pick up COBRA, but you want to understand what that cost is, because I can tell you it is not cheap. Very important. Healthcare is so is such a big part of your overall financial plan, and hopefully it's reasonably priced. You know, now, I know that that's relative to everybody, but it's so important to be looking at that. So we went through that process with their health care and what that's going to look like. Now, okay, well, paycheck's going to stop here. Is there going to be any type of, um, you know, depending on how long you've been at a company, do you have uh, unpaid PTO time, sick time, vacation time, where all of a sudden now maybe that last paycheck is going to be a pretty big lump sum, and you're probably going to get hit with a good amount of taxes. That's usually what happens. It has to do with the way that the payroll systems and their softwares work. So we want to look at what that is, and then from there, well, we're going to need money, right? Where are we going to take the money from? This is critical. Now, in this case, you know, he's ne- next year he's Medicare eligible, so that means what is it? He's already eligible. Both of them are already eligible for Social Security. Are we going to take Social Security this year? Would we turn it on when they're ready to retire? And the answer is no. Why? Because please understand this. In the event you take Social Security before your full retirement age, and it's different for everyone. It has to do with you know the year you were born. So for instance, my full retirement age is 67. Yours might be 66 and a half. Yours could be 67 like mine. In the event you take Social Security early, first of all, realize there's a reduction in your benefit, first of all. Second of all, is that this is what's called the earnings threshold, is if you have earned more before your full retirement tax year, I know that's kind of confusing, is you can only make about 18 grand a year. Make, earn, that's W-2 income or 1099 income, miscellaneous income. 
If you earn more than that, then there is a penalty that you're not going to receive all of your benefit. So in this case, does it make any sense? He's already made more than $18,000. So we would know that instantly there would be a, a penalty on his Social Security in addition to being a reduced benefit. So now where, where are we going to take money from? We're not going to turn Social Security on. We're going to look at their IRA 401k accounts along with their non-qualified investment accounts. And we're going to blend the income that's coming out of both of those to minimize the tax. And possibly if there is a big lump sum and they're going to get really hit with federal tax, use some of that tax that's already been built into their W-2 income as a way to take money out of the IRAs and maybe have no taxes withheld. And the reason why is there's no reason to have that tax withheld during the year because of a big lump sum and have to wait until April of the following year to file your taxes to get a refund. Let's use that tax withholding now. Okay. So we're going to blend that income. We're going to be able to look at what that is. Look at that last, that final paycheck that he has to start doing some tax planning. And this is, I think, one of the things that I talk to people about, and you've heard me talk about this before, and that is really being proactive in your tax planning. And I think sometimes there's a misunderstanding on how our tax system works. I hear it all the time. Brackets, brackets, brackets. I don't want to go into the next bracket, right? Please understand that there is a big difference, or let me go back. Our tax system is set up as a progressive tax system. And when you look at the brackets that you have, so you start at you know, 10, 12, 15, what have you. And as it goes up, the one thing to realize is when if you are in the 24% tax bracket, this is sometimes where I think there's a misunderstanding, that does not mean all of your income is taxed at 24% from $1 to the highest. So when if you can blend, this goes back to the tax buckets. So in this case, we're, this year for them, they're going to have W-2 income. So what is that? That is, in their particular case, it's going to be fully taxed at the federal level, fully taxed at the state level, plus they're going to have FICA payroll taxes added onto that. But then that's going to stop. Now we have IRA withdrawals, which is going to be fully taxed federally, and depending on the state you're in, could be taxed at the state level. And then you have non-qualified money, which means that is money that's already been taxed. And then depending on how you invest it, you're going to be able to take advantage of capital gains, whether that's short or long. Our goal is long, long-term capital gains because of the tax structure that's there. So if we can blend that, even though they might have went into the 24% tax bracket, we might be able to see, and this is one of the things, and if you're a do-it-yourselfer or if you go and, and have it done, there is a report that they can produce for you that shows what your effective tax rate is. What in the world is that? The effective tax rate is from the first dollar that's taxable to the highest, what did you pay on the taxable income? This is after deductions, after exceptions, all of that. The taxable income is what you're looking at, and then what was the overall tax that you have. So then when you blend those together, you can actually decrease the overall tax cost on the monies that you are taking out. So again, it's not that if you're in that tax bracket, 22, 24%, what have you, that doesn't mean you're paying that on everything. 
you work your way up as you're going through the different brackets. As you make more money, you pay a higher percentage of tax on just that bracket of income. And this is why I always talk about it. It's so important to understand where your money is from a tax perspective. There's only, there's only three categories, and that is after-tax investments, traditional IRA, 401k, 403b accounts, and then tax-free Roth accounts. So really important to look at that. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to blend that. We're not going to take Social Security. But guess what? Everything is going to change January 1 of next year. Why? Well, he's not planning on going back to work. So that means now we can realistically look at Social Security, even though it might be a little bit of a reduced benefit. They can elect it, and there's no penalty of withholding a benefit because of W-2 or 1099 income. So we can start taking Social Security. We can decrease what we're taking out of the IRAs and decrease what we're taking out of the non-qualified investment accounts to actually lower the overall tax cost on the IRAs. The other thing to remember is when we elect Social Security, Social Security goes through what's called a MAGI calculation to determine how much of your Social Security is taxable, modified adjusted gross income. What does it do? It takes half of your Social Security and all of your other countable income, countable income. So that's investment income, cap gains, dividends, interest income, IRA withdrawals, rental income, other investment income, what have you. And by the way, on the gains, the capital gains, uh, short and or long term, it's actually on what is recognized. Just because you've seen a, a market value increase in your accounts does not believe you have, quote, recognized the gain yet. Really important to understand that, okay? So now, Social Security, they, their situation right now, what we're looking at for next year, there's only maybe 20, 25% of their Social Security is going to be taxable. Why? Because of the different buckets that we're taking it from and what's actually countable and what's not, okay? So guess what? We're starting that now. Boom, we'll make a change January 1 of next year. You know, so these are the things that you want to be looking at. Healthcare, where's the money going to come from once the paycheck stops? And then how, where is my money and how can I blend the money as I start to distribute it to me? How can I blend it to take advantage of the tax code? Interestingly enough, I actually uh, wrote their quote down. They, they, after we got done with the meeting, they were like, wow, I, I thought going into retirement was going to be easy, right? It is easy. We just want to make sure that we're going through this process and just checking things off as it goes, right? The goal is when that retirement's going to happen in 60 days, it's going to be seamless. And essentially what I mean by that is you're not going to have to worry about money. The money's still going to be coming in and it's going to have been effectively planned to maximize the monies that you have saved. But let me talk about something else. As I was saying earlier, that's going into the retirement process. In the event that you are looking to change jobs, we talked about the healthcare thing. I have met numerous people this year that lost their jobs last year and they had to look to, you know, you still got to pay the bills. Where am I going to take the money from? This is where it's extremely important. Now, last year, there was the CARES Act that created a forgiveness of the 10% penalty if you are taking money out of an IRA or 403B or 401K, what have you. But most of the time, that's not the case. This is why I recommend people invest on the outside of their qualified retirement accounts in the event you're looking to change jobs, whether it's wanted to be, whether you want to change, or you just don't want to be at that position anymore, or it's forced. You want to have a bucket of money to go to 
that you're not going to be crushed with penalties. And so if all your money is in the 401k or the 403b or an IRA, traditional IRA, and you're going to take money out pre-59 and a half, outside of last year, it's, you know, and by, by the way, last year, if you did do that, please make sure your accountants are looking at you had the election, depending on how much you took out, you can spread it out over three tax years. So that's where it's really important to be able to do some tax planning and see what's going to be most beneficial for you. So anyway, oh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was in the event you're going to change jobs is how are they going to pay you? So this recently happened to a client where uh, they they were looking to retire and then the, the company came and really, really needed them um, for some other things that are going on in the business right now. So they offered a part-time position, but they're going to pay as a 1099 independent contractor versus W-2. What does that mean? Well, what that means now is Not only are you responsible for the federal and state taxes that are due on that, you are now responsible for the payroll taxes that are due on that. That is extremely important. So if you are looking to change jobs and go to another one, how are they going to pay me? And what are the tax ramifications around that? I think it was last year, right around this time, I did a whole podcast on becoming a consultant. And if you do that, how are they paying you? And if it's W-2, it's extremely important to understand the tax laws around that. Well, listen, everyone, I know I kind of went off a little bit. Hopefully this has been helpful and uh, beneficial of value to you. If you have a question or scenario that you would like for us to address, please send it to us at info at smartmoneyquestions.com or If you would like to speak with me personally, you can go right to speakwithmatt.com. Again, www.speakwithmatt.com. And my calendar's right there. Schedule either now, an in-person appointment in the office, virtual, or a conference call, whatever works best for you. So listen, everyone, have a great summer. And hopefully you will get out no matter where the gas prices are and have a good time. Everybody, take care. Talk soon.